Welcome back to Keeping Tabs with Tabitha. I'm Tabitha Crock, and today we talked to a really neat individual, entrepreneur, business owner, um, adventure seeker. But first, I just want to say thank you for following, sharing, liking, listening to this podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or iTunes. And today, we're going to talk to someone that has a very interesting career. Um, I cannot wait to share with all of you. But first, I just want to thank our sponsors, um, 32 Below, Post Ride Bike Bar, and Coeur Bike Co. So make sure you go and follow their social media, go and check them out, and enjoy the episode. All right, I have Alex with me, and he is the owner of Coeur Bike Co., Post Ride Bar, um, and he also does some really cool stuff that I'm excited for you to, I would, I'll try to explain it, but I think I would just butcher it up and you would just be correcting me. Um, and I didn't know he did all of this other stuff until I actually started to get to know you. So first just tell us a little bit about, uh, Coeur Bike Co. Post Ride and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm co-owner, uh, Chris Carroll is my partner here at the bike shop, uh, Coeur Bike Company and, uh, Post Ride Bar, the Post Ride Bar is attached here uh, to the bike shop. So um, the bike shop came about from work I do overseas. Uh, it's, I work with a government contracting agency called Defense Prisoner of War Missing in Action Accounting Agency. And what, we, what the agency does is they look for remains of fallen soldiers and service members uh, from past conflicts and uh, try to locate and repatriate their remains to bring them back to the United States. Um, So um, uh, our uh, specific area of operation uh, for my company, uh, ACS Logistics, is Papua New Guinea and other parts of the South Pacific from World War II. So I was able to get the funding from uh, my work overseas uh, in order to uh, opened the, the shop here in 2015 and actually next week we're going on our five years. So, wow. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. So, so yeah, it kind of like, uh, it's it all comes full circle, um, with, uh, uh when you talk about uh, what our greatest generation, uh, the world war II um, uh, veterans and, and service, uh, members, uh, that, uh, fought during that time kind of comes full circle back to today's world still today. And it's irrelevant. Um, in, in, in my world, especially. And I think uh, in, in the community around us here, we've, we've built a community around uh, the bike shop and that wouldn't have ever been able to be uh, come to fruition without those that sacrificed uh, in, uh, uh, in World War II. Yeah, that's amazing. So with, uh, we'll go to the bike shop first. Um, how has like COVID and everything happening, how has it affected you guys in a positive or negative way? Um. Of course, it was scary at first, uh, as, as with everybody. It's been challenging. Uh, you know, for two months, we worked strictly out of the garage door of the shop. But after the initial, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have to close down or not. We, as a bicycle shop, service transportation, and transportation is essential. So we were able to stay open during, um, during the time, uh, of course. Um, it's, you know, uh, all of our, you know, many of our peer businesses, and I say peer businesses, 
uh, bars, restaurants, and all that, that, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was bittersweet that we were able to stay open and they weren't. So, um, you know, it, it's still, it's, it's hard to talk uh, about how well we've been doing when we know that there was other uh, uh, businesses out there that were not necessarily in the same uh, boat that we were. Yeah. Um, COVID-19 for many industries was, was very successful, very big. And for us, you know, we are April and May, um, you know, usually we start ramping up during those months and it went from where we usually transfer from May to June and everything starts ramping up for uh, tourism and all that here in Coeur d'Alene and the weather. Well, that happened in April. And so basically we had a June type month uh, in April and then May was even better. And it's, um, and, and the bike industry just blew up. So um, uh, good and bad in the sense that we sold through all of our bikes that we had in the shop and reordered others. But now the, the country and kind of the world is all out of bikes under a certain price point. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, the, the bike, other bike shops in town that I'm, you know, with the trail and stuff talk to, um, I went in to look at some bikes and they're like, we don't have anything. We don't know we're going to get stuff because now nothing's getting shipped and it's kind of crazy. And you guys have like sold out of bikes. Like there's starting yeah. to be no bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So every shop and, uh, you know, you chip over here at kayak Court lane, same story. Um, other industries, I, I have friends that work in, uh, motorsports and same story there you know uh, dirt bikes side by sides yeah. uh, equipment all that stuff it's uh it's, it's been pretty interesting to see uh an, a huge increase in business in some uh, in some industries and then of course um you know uh, less than others um reasons why i yeah covid had a big impact on it um and then um but I don't know if it was people had time on their hands, so they wanted to, one of the ways to socially distance is to ride your bike. Um, the, the kids are in the house uh, now, and the, kid, the parents probably are like, get the hell out of here, kicking them out of the house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, your, you know, people getting uh, uh, government um, checks from, um, uh, the stimulus money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stimulus. Uh, so you know, uh, so lots of reasons uh, why it all increased, and and I can't say that it was necessarily um, any one specific thing, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been wild. And like I said before, you know, running a, the shop out of a garage door and not having a customer walk in your shop for two months and having the two biggest months that um, we've ever had was was unforeseen completely. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't even think about that. Like tourism, usually you guys are starting probably really busy and then it's like happened a couple months early. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we were, we usually have like a, you know, a pretty like, you know, an even curve uh, going into the summer and then June hits and it starts ramping. Well, it went from February to March to like April. And it was like, you know, all the things that we usually are prepared for by June, we were just like, holy crap, we got to bring back our employees two months early um, that we usually don't bring on until May, June timeframe, uh, our seasonal employees, I mean. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was challenging. It was, um, uh, it was fun though. You know, it's uh, all of us uh, were challenged in different ways and 
Uh, it's great to see our team work together really well and to be able to um, just, 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 just kick ass. It, it was really yeah. Cool. So uh, is the rentals, have they been going up as well? Yeah. So, uh, so once June actually hit, you know, what every year uh, the rentals did start picking up and, uh, and of course, you know, we're one of the few um, really open um, cities or states in the country, uh, especially over here uh, on the West coast or West Northwest. So, uh, you know, we've definitely lost a, a lot of rental business because of the conventions that aren't going on oh, that's and, um, and, and, and the just general tourism, but we've still uh, we've been pretty steady with, with our rentals uh, and, and parts and accessories service has increased um quite a bit so yeah That's really, cool. every, every part of our of our shop has been um you know doing being busier than it ever has been and uh, i can't cannot uh, give uh say enough about the team that we have here at the mm. function that's awesome so i mean you have created also there's a community around Cordling Bico. I mean, they're your, your loyal people. Like you support the community. When there was those fires, you really dive into our community, give back. Um, what ha like has drawn you to a bike shop? Why not, you know, a ski shop? Why, why a bike shop? Uh, why a bike shop? I think that is going to go back to 2009 when I got my first bike. Um, I, Got my first uh, real. Uh, I got my first mountain bike in 2009 when I was getting back from my second tour in Iraq and Hawaii. And a buddy of mine asked me, "Well, what are you going to do when you move back to Idaho, get out of the army?" I said, "I don't know. Uh, go to school and try to get a job at a bike shop." And both those things happened, and I fell in love with the industry, fell in love with the sport, and. It kind of the uh, the rest is history. Uh, it's a it's you know everyone here also does ski sports, uh, yeah. snowboard, um, backcountry ski, all that stuff. But cycling is what has been the most um, uh, most important um, uh, hobby uh, or really lifestyle that I've ever been a part of. So um, it is it is cool to see us build this community, but it's, everybody is building it together. We're not, it's not, it's not me, it's not Chris, it's not our employees, it's everybody. You know, the, the shop rides, you know, someone meets someone uh, they've never met before, and then all of a sudden they're riding together on rides that aren't uh, a part of the bike shop. Uh, and it's, it's just cool to see that, that grow. Yeah, it's really cool. You guys do those, you do those weekly rides and you guys end and have a beer afterwards. I just love that, that you have that. Or like I was saying before, is that when they had the fire down the street um, and a lot of businesses went out and I mean, those, that was destroyed. And one of them was a tattoo shop, which I have to give you credit for this. I mean, you guys did tattoos at your shop as a fundraiser. Um, and I love that you guys get creative and you just rally around our community. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the tattoo shop, uh, at the time it was Heart City Tattoo, now it's 4th Street Tattoo. Uh, they're up there off of uh, 4th and, uh, what's that street? Uh, it's, it's right before you get to the freeway. You can't miss it, it's 4th Street on, on the building. But uh, Jacob Redmond over there, um, he's, uh, you know, when, when, he, when they moved here uh, years ago, not years ago, it wasn't that long, um, 
but when they moved here, it was, uh, you know, he was uh, a mountain biker, a dirt biker, you know, very similar hobbies, uh, spent time here. Chris gets, you know, all his tattoos yeah. uh, from, uh, from Jacob and, um, and then, you know, we've, we have helped each other build a community together uh, and it doesn't have to be just tattoos, uh, tattoo community. It doesn't have to just be a, be a, a bike shop community. Again, it goes back to the uh, Coeur d'Alene uh, community mm -hmm. people that can come together to um, for for a greater cause for the greater good. And uh, it was yeah, yeah, so, it was a great, when, great we, event. Yeah, when we did that event, it was um, we didn't expect uh, the well, I, I expected a, a good turnout, but I didn't expect us to raise uh, the money that we did, and it was incredibly awesome to see people come out and. You know, many events we've had in the past, we have a huge turnout because we're giving away a bunch of shit for free. Um, <laughs> and we've kind of started to go away from that model versus uh, give, some, give some sustenance to what we're doing. And that was a great example of that. You know, we also have fundraisers for IPAC, uh, Idaho Panhandle Avalanche Center every year. We have mm. fundraisers for anything that we feel um, is... Uh, directly related to what we believe in and and how we can better the uh, the, the people around us and yeah save and uh, yeah work together so yeah i've known alex for a little while and all i knew was this biker this like adventure guy and i started following you on social media well what this week what was it the that you got cut you oh, got in an accident yeah i got some got some stitches there yeah, who gave you those stitches? So I, I see this, his story, and he's actually just sitting there, like, selfie video, why someone gives him stitches. Uh, it was a friend of mine, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Mike uh, Meredith's husband here. Uh, Meredith uh, is, is uh, our, she is what we call her self-proclaimed HBIC head bitch in charge here at the bike shop. <laughs> um, uh, it's her husband. He's a PA. Uh, just, you know, not the first time that there's been stitches done in, uh, at their house. So uh, we, yeah, uh, we, I was we, loving we, that. We got, we got a guy, we got a stitch guy. So yeah. So then I'm following on social media and I see he's all over the world doing some great things. So when you came back, I ran into you. I'm like, what do you do besides run a bike shop and a bar and be an yeah. adventure guy? The really cool thing is what you, we, we kind of start touched on at the beginning is, you know, finding these, um, these bodies, like, I don't know how to say it correctly, but that's what you guys yeah, do. So I guess you would call it finding, um, remains, of, uh, but really what's, what's left after 75 years is just the bones. Mm. Um, you know, all of the, uh, sometimes there's maybe buttons, maybe a dog tag, maybe a, a ring, maybe some type of. Um, personal item, um, but you know all the uh, it, it, it's yeah it's not necessarily a, a body per se, but uh, there's definitely times where um, and and so let's uh, go back a little bit. Um, it's 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 like a full on anthropological archaeological dig that happens with a team wow. of about fifteen or twenty U.S. service members with the scientists attached. And then me as a, a private contractor doing uh, the logistics for, for the team out there. Uh, and that's, um, yeah, right now that's uh, our, where we're at is Papua New Guinea and uh, World War II. Um, a lot of people 
don't know much about it. Um, uh, most people think, you know, Guadalcanal, um, which is in the Solomon Islands. Yeah. That's the, the first place I worked back in 2014. You know, so they think of Guadalcanal. Uh, they think of um, uh, Japan or Iwo Jima, uh, Marshall mm -hmm. Islands. Uh, but they don't um, necessarily know much about Papua New Guinea, and most of the world doesn't. Um, it's a pretty, pretty wild place to be, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's exceptional. The people are amazing. The, the culture is, is, yeah. is awesome. The, the weather, it's always warm, sometimes too hot. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I feel honored uh, when, uh, in the sense that I'm able to continue to serve um, after my time in the, in the military, or, or at least uh, serve with other service members, but not necessarily uh, be in the military anymore, so. Yeah, what, I didn't know much about uh, Papua New Guinea either until I actually joined a coffee club and I, you get coffee from different countries and then they give you a card and tell you all about it. And then I obviously have been following you and what you've been doing and the pictures and the travels and how gorgeous it is. Um, what is the most rewarding thing about what you do? Um, the most, so, um, uh, just the other day, um, I got word that a mission that we did last year, uh, during April, May, and June, uh, the site that we, we had, we built a base camp out mm -hmm. in the middle of the jungle, kind of on the swamp area. And we were, the team was there for 35 days doing this archeological um, you know, dig looking for the remains of um, a, one of two specific service members. And we got word two days ago that they have actually identified and um, they know exactly who it is. Um, and uh, they're going to be repatriating, uh, not, not repatriating, but they will, they'll be holding an actual uh, service for them here in the next couple of days. So, oh, that's amazing. So that would be, I would say, that's the most fulfilling thing that um, I, mean, I can honestly say I've ever done for, um, uh, for any job I've ever done, whether it's military yeah. uh, service or, or not. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing mission. So when you go in there, your logistics, you kind of plan it all and kind of, I mean, uh, what, is, what, what do you do in that whole process? Our logistics is very, uh, it's, it's pretty broad, right? The word logistics yeah. is so, um, but so I do all the in-country logistics. So they do their own logistics as far as uh, they've already come in with an investigative team um, or maybe um, when the investigative team is there, I, I set up um, mm -hmm. uh, guides for them or, uh, okay. or uh, rental vehicles or procure water uh, do all like a bunch of the in-country things that um, that they don't need to be worrying about. They need to worry about their specific job, their mission, get to the uh, the site and, and get to work because you know we're, we're uh, the U.S. government spending a, quite a bit of money to do this, and so uh, downtime is you know they don't need to be running around uh, Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, trying to figure out where they're going to get fuel um, and where they're going to um, uh, you, you know procure all these different items. And so uh, C-17 will fly in with the team uh, to Papua New Guinea. And oftentimes we will transload that to a C-130 and then fly for that C-130 
to a smaller airfield somewhere else in the country that we will then move everything from the C-130 to vehicles to transport out to uh, either a drive site or we'll have an actual helicopter sling load um, area that we um, sling load all the equipment into a base camp and the only access is in is by helicopter um, and the only um, access out is by helicopter. Wow. So, um, so there's lots of different things that I do, um, uh, but most of it has to do with procuring things for the team in a country that they don't know anything about um, and for um, just, just helping with maybe um, you know, getting the, the workforce or um, having a, a, an on-site foreman that is a, a local national that speaks English and speaks Papua New Guinea Pigeon and communicate um, with the military team and the, um, the workforce, which the workforce comes from a village that's closest to the crash site or the battle site. And, um, and yeah, so lots of different things that, that yeah. I really like tell you every little thing that we do, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome work. It's, it's, it's fun, it's fulfilling. Uh, it's challenging and it's, um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I think we could do a whole podcast of just your experiences. I can't even imagine the stories and the things and things you've seen and experienced doing this. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, and great work. I mean, especially like you, you can have someone that can actually have a service for someone that has passed. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so a little bit about you, let's ask a couple questions before we finish up, but, um, what is um, one piece of advice you would give a younger you? Oof. A younger me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see the wheels spinning and that worries me. <laughs> I wouldn't change much. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm generally satisfied with, um, most of this decision-making I've made in my life. Um, and that's a, I would probably tell myself to get more organized earlier in, in life. I mean, I, I and then even uh, today, uh, you know, I sometimes can be, um, instead of having a calendar of stuff of all the things that I do. I, uh, I generally do most of my stuff off the top of my head. And that means that I forget things sometimes. And so I would, I would, I would change that. I would, I would, I would make something, I would start a, uh, a better organizational system earlier in my life. Oh, that's a great one. I think we can all, I think everyone could benefit from that. I mean, I feel like that could have all helped us all later on or earlier on um, to help us now. Um, favorite restaurant in Coeur d'Alene? Uh, too easy, Moon Time. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, I, I eat there at least once a week, and uh, the, the such an amazing staff. They they kick ass. Uh, they're always you know you don't see them stop moving. It, it's always consistent. It's great yeah. food, great atmosphere. So Moon Time for sure. That's a great one. Uh, go to music. Oh. Um, that's pretty, you know, another one of those. It's all across the board, you know, like many people. 
Yep. Uh, I like, you know, Dropkick Murphys. I like Bob Marley. I like, you know, certain types of old school rap, Ice Cube. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't pin down any one specific type of music that, um, that I listen to. I listen to it all. Yeah. So you're obviously an adventure junkie and have a lot of fun hobbies. I, I love that about you. Um, so besides biking, mountain biking, what are, um, another top two hobbies or things you like to do? Yeah. Uh, spend time with my son is absolutely mm -hmm. one of them. I playing catch with him, doing drills with him. He's an incredibly motivated kid. He works his ass off. He works out on his own. He wow. goes to uh, uh, hitting, uh, coaching every week on his own. He goes to catching camps. He gets straight A's. And um, just spending time with him would be my number one other hobby. You know, it's it, and he's such a, a good kid. You know, it's like one of those, like I got all the perfect things happen um, aligned with, with him and his mom's done a great job and, and it's been, uh, it's been nothing but, uh, yeah, full of pride for myself in, in raising him because he just, he makes it, he makes it easy, makes it look easy. Um, that, that'd be number one, um, dirt biking and backpacking, uh, would be the other, um, things. Um, I, I, I love being able to ride my dirt bike from my house and hit Canfield mountain and then go out into the Coeur national forest. Um, that's, I mean, just such a, such a, an awesome time, but I like to slow it down, uh, significantly and put a backpack on and go deep into the, the mountains, um, climb some, um, you know, scramble up some peaks. Uh, I don't do, uh, like major mountaineering, but, uh, um, I like to, yeah, you know, it, it turn, it turn the dial way back, uh, still get some adrenaline, uh, but it's a slower, uh, pace. I think that's that's one of my favorites too it's just and there's nothing better than getting deep into the mountains with no cell phone service yeah. nobody yeah and it's just quiet and you can just be with yourself and your thoughts i think i agree it's yeah. a great way to slow down and appreciate life yeah on, on any of those trips even if i think there might be service i turn my phone to cell phone or airplane mode uh on the way in and i don't turn it on until uh, i get I, I hit sand point or i hit wherever else it is that mm -hmm. we're coming back in. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a flush, you know, like mm -hmm. brain flush. Don't worry about all the, all the stuff. You can always be doing something, but you gotta be able to take care of your own mind and body and, and be able to um, re, re, reboot. And that's my way. Yeah. Of so um, what is one, um, one life lesson you've learned the hard way? Um, don't expect uh, that want what you want or need to get done that other people understand exactly how you want it done and make sure that you're there to supervise uh, and to explain that it's going, that you have to get it done this way. Otherwise, uh, it's, 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 your plan doesn't work. Yeah, that's great. So how can the community support you, um, in all the things that you're doing? Uh, you know, 
the community already supports us so much and I can't thank the Coeur d'Alene community enough for that. Coeur d'Alene community, Kellogg, um, Spokane, there's people all around that, that support us. Um, but you know, the, the best way that you could, you could support us, uh, go ride your bike, have fun. If you need something, come and see us. If you want a new bike, um, see us, see one of the great other shops in town. Uh, you know, that, that's the thing is that, uh, there is, uh, there's, there's three great bike shops in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, there's two good shops up in Hayden. Um, you know, no one is better than the other, but we all have different personalities. Find the one oh, that yeah. works for you, uh, and, and have fun, uh, have fun riding your bike and, and, uh, and support, uh, your local businesses. That's how you can support me is by supporting all of the other, uh, local businesses. Perfect. Well, thank you so very much, Alex, and I've enjoyed this. Um, and if you want to follow them on any of the social media, I'll tag you guys and all of that. So thank you again. Yep. Thanks, Tabitha. All right. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tabitha Kroc. And if you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube iTunes, or Spotify channel to keep up to date on all the podcasts. We release a podcast every Monday and Friday. This podcast is all about people. It's a community of people here in North Idaho and across the world. So subscribe and enjoy.